When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Rad. And I'm Paul, and welcome to Game For Anything, the podcast where we're disgustingly down for whatever comes round. got a little bit of a pick and mix for you. We're looking at smart drinks that ironically might be a really stupid idea. Uh, The new iPhone 15 and an AI issue in Starfield, which is so dumb it actually makes my hair hurt. What we have here are a variety of opinions because we are down for anything. So I thought I'd kick things off, Rad, with a bit of a taste test. Did you know that Coke have just released an AI designed drink? I'm I'm sorry, Paul. I'm going to have to stop you there just momentarily. You said that we're down for anything. I think you'll find the name of this podcast is Game for Anything. I know it's our first episode. (laughs) I know that you're just getting into the flow of it, but I'm going to need you to plug the correct podcast name. Oh, my God. It's basic branding 101. (laughs) Just say the name of the thing. Yes, you are right. Game for Anything is the name of our podcast. (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is a very strong start, I feel, to our new endeavor. Uh, But the thing is, we do want to just talk about as much stuff as we can that we are game for. Sometimes that's going to be games. Sometimes it's tech. Sometimes it's just stuff that takes our fancy. But we're kicking things off with a drink, which I'm holding in my hand, by the way. This is the new Coca-Cola AI-inspired drink. It's a zero-sugar It's not going to be good. That's my concern. So is this like that beer that I saw that it got like chat GPT to write the beer recipe to and then they made it? I didn't know that was a thing. Can you please explain? And did it end up being quite racist at the end of the first first (laughs) case? So what actually happened here? Literally just what I said. I can't remember who the manufacturer was. Um, I think I met them actually. Actually, was it Modus? Wait, give me one quick Google. Yeah, Modus Brewing. They made a AI-generated East Coast IPA. So they essentially asked like a chat GPT type to write them a recipe for a beer, and then they made it. And was it any good is the question. Um, I can't remember if I actually tasted it. Okay. But it's, it's a um, brewery that's located in Australia, in Newcastle, I believe. So there you go. World first AI beer by an Aussie brewer. That sounds good. But what I was concerned about with Coke is because those folks seemed like they were being quite open about the premise, right? They were letting AI write the recipe, probably based on other recipes. But with the Coke thing, I was a little bit less confident. So I'm going to read from the press release here. Coca-Cola Y3000 Zero Sugar was co-created... <laughs> I know. The na- okay. okay. <laughs> not- I, I think they should have called it Y3K, but that's fine too. Putting a Y in a drink that people are asking why it exists in the first place is not a good branding <laughs> idea. But... 
Co-created with humans and artificial intelligence by understanding how fans envision the future through emotions, aspirations, colors, flavors, and more. I don't know what that actually means. I will continue reading. We hope the Coca-Cola will still be as relevant and refreshing in the year 3000 as it is today. Unlikely. So we challenged ourselves to explore the concept of what a Coke from the future might taste like and what kind of experience would a Coke from the future unlock. Now, this is just bizarre because first of all, the future right now is not looking super good. So the idea that there's going to be refrigerated beverages at all is <laughs> incredibly optimistic. But my concern is that what it's done is just look on the internet for what people talk about flavor profile-wise that they like and then just mix it up and put it in a can. That's not the way to design a drink, is it? I think what it's actually done is tried to figure out the tasting notes of climate change and then <laughs> distill that into a brown carbonated drink of some descript. Speaking of brown, my concern was... <laughs> sorry, speaking of brown, my concern was that it might be a different color because it, it's very clear the packaging, as you can see, they've gone with pink, blue, silver. It's very sort of a lot of pastels. And so what I wanted to do, first of all, it says co-created with AI. Does AI get a cut of the profits? Probably not. But I would like to find out. I'm going to do a pour. So I'll open it and pour it because I want to see the color as well. I want to see if it's a traditional Coke color or not. So We've got a live taste testing going here, folks. It's going to be a little bit ASMR. Let's get a crack on that can. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah, you like that, you little sickos. Oh, no. Oh, no. Someone somewhere enjoyed that a little too much. Let me <laughs> do a pour. Here we go. Oh, it's still brown. It's kind of comforting to know that in the future, even though we'll be using bottle caps and human skulls to trade for goods, Coke will still be brown. Oh, there's like berry undertones. God, I'm like a sommelier of garbage. Let me just have a sip. Um, I guess my issue is that it's not... Are you seeing into the future right now? Are you just like blasting through some sort of magical tunnel towards the year 3000? That's what they want. What I'm seeing is I've actually just left my body and I'm looking at myself hunched over a microphone in a hot room drinking Coke and trying to figure out if it tastes good. And I don't know if it does. I guess my problem here, Rad, is that it it just tastes like Coke that's gone a little bad, right? Bad, bad how? Because I'm not sure I've ever had Coke that's gone bad bad i've just had coke that's gone flat floral undertones it's very sweet i mean it's very sweet i think there's a touch of like fairy floss to it and based on current projections i don't think the future is going to be very fairy flossy <laughs> let's see <laughs> to me this sounds like it's coke mixed with like uh creaming soda yeah it kind of is that which i love which i love i used to yeah. do that all the time in hungry jacks back when they had the self-refill uh, drink fountains. You know how there's like a grid of buttons like you're going to make a phone call on the damn thing. So mm. if you if you press every button at once, you hear this sort of like metallic screaming sound and it makes you a drink made up of a bit of everything. This sort of tastes like that. This feels like somebody has just pressed their thumb over four or five things and just I've just said surprise me. And I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. And I don't know if this will make it into the annals of great soft drinks because I'm a vanilla Coke guy when I... This feels like an ad for Coke, doesn't it? It feels like I'm advertising their product. Are you really when you're saying that this AI-inspired special edition crazy can of Coke is like heaps mid? Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> you know, I, I know that guerrilla <laughs> advertising is a thing nowadays, but I feel like the intention of ads is still to be quite positive about the product. Yeah, look, we're probably going to have to give their money back. That's not true. We're not being advertised by Coke at all. But what I will say is that I thought AI could come up with something more interesting or at least controversial than this. Because the thing is, if we're worried that AI is trying to kill us, then a really safe entry point for them to kill us is to let them put things into our body that we drink and eat. And I'm not saying they're there yet, but I feel like maybe maybe they're laughing at us. Like maybe there's some laughter going on is what I'm saying. So, you know, I'd say one thumb down. Look, my big takeaway from this is that you fell for a Mad Men style advertising press release where they basically tried to tell you how you were going to feel drinking a beverage what emotions it was going to evoke for you uh and and you fell for it hook line and sinker and then you went to the store and paid how much for the pleasure three dollars sixty there you go yeah paul an absolute rube i'm an easy mark by the way uh you can put i'm such an easy mark in fact sometimes i think it's a positive trait in this case though i've been well and truly had so do not recommend. The Y3000 could go to hell, which apparently is the future. So well done, everyone. Paul, I'm going to forgive you for being an easy mark because I definitely am as well. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the iPhone 15 <laughs> came out and I'm one of those stupid idiots who went and bought it like day one or two. Did you need a new phone or was this a impulse buy that you really shouldn't have gone ahead with? I'm going to say yes and no. So To which, to which question? <laughs> To the, to the first one. Okay. So as a tech reviewer, I have been very, very blessed to get loaner phones from Apple for a couple years now, but I wasn't mm. on the list to get a loaner of the 15. So what this means is I think my last two phones were from Apple and the last phone that I purchased was an 11, 11 Pro. So my options were now that uh, the loan cycle for the 14 Pro, which I have been using, is coming to an end due to the release mm -hmm. of the new phone. Yep. I would either have to go back to the 11 Pro as the last phone that I bought or buy a new phone. Um, because I'm greedy and I love technology, I couldn't go back to a 2019 phone. I couldn't do it, Paul. I couldn't do it. Why and why should you? So now you've got the new iPhone. First of all, I'm a big fan of the way these things greet you. You know when you open an Apple product and you basically fly through a star field, which is the kind of goddamn experience I was expecting from this stupid drink. But when you open them and you get this weird, swishy-washy, sort of very Apple experience, like what was the, did it greet you with open arms or did it feel a little different than usual? Paul, I feel like we've, you and I at least, or any Apple user, has mm. used iPhones for long enough now that you are acutely aware that it's basically the same thing every year. Okay. There's okay. very minimal difference. So the biggest difference on this one is they've gone to USB-C rather than use their proprietary lightning connection because they were going to be banned from sales in the EU unless they moved to USB-C. <laughs> oh, Do you know oh about my... this? No, I didn't. This is great. No, continue. So the EU has a basically like anti-e-waste initiative within which they say there's a standard connection that everyone's got to use so that we reduce the production of a hundred different kind of proprietary cables. Uh, it's it's a clever thing to do. Previously, they were doing it with micro USB, which is a connection that I have major issues with. And if anything, I feel that set us back several years as a society. 
Now they've moved on to USB-C, which is great because it is a great connection. Obviously, there's also questions around, well, does that stop a certain amount of innovation because there's no more incentive for people to work really hard on their proprietary connections? Lightning, at the time that it came out, was really far ahead. But now they've said, no, you can't do that anymore. It's going to need to be USB-C. And apparently, Apple want to stay in the, in the EU market. Couldn't, couldn't understand why, but they've decided <laughs> to follow suit and uh, jump onto USB-C, which I think is great. But other than that, and the fact that it's now got a titanium kind of outside metal bit frame, um, it's, it's very, very similar. Titanium is, correct me if I'm wrong, quite heavy. So does this make the hand... No, it's not? No, you're, you're actually completely oppositely wrong. Titanium <laughs> is really light. Ah, okay. But strong, right? It's strong. Very strong. Mm. I'm also going to say absolutely overkill for a phone. Titanium is quite a special metal in many ways. It's the one that they'll use for like uh, spacecrafts uh, and things (laughs) like that because of how light and strong it is. It's incredibly expensive, much more expensive than aluminium, which the phones were previously made out of. And it's also biocompatible, so it's really, really useful for, like, metal implants and things like that. That Like, if you need screws in your arm, for example, oh they would typically oh. use titanium. So is this going to create some sort of weird worldwide shortage on prosthetic limbs? Is this a problem? Bitch, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I, why titanium? Did they just kind of, like, point at the periodic chart and point randomly? But why? Why? Actually, I found this really, really interesting because titanium is lighter. It sort of had, I was going to say an unexpected benefit, but maybe they planned this. I'm not sure. But essentially, by changing that frame, number one, they've managed to reduce, and I'm sure they made other changes as well, but they've managed to reduce the weight uh, of the 15 Pro in comparison to the 14 Pro by about 9%. So I think it's 187 grams as opposed to 200 and something, seven grams or something. I I don't have it in front of me. It's like 19 grams lighter, okay. which doesn't sound like much. But because the frame is titanium, the center of gravity of the phone is now kind of like smaller and it's more central. So you don't have a heavy frame sort of outlining the, f- the phone. It's a lighter frame outlining the phone, so more of the mass is in the center of the phone. But what does that actually mean for the phone? Because I'm, I, look, right, I've got quite a big head. <laughs> Physically, I'm quite top heavy. I can relate to being quite heavy on the outside. So this phone's got a beer gut. Is that what you're saying, proportionally? Kind of. And what that means is that physics-wise, it yeah. creates um, a different inertia, which is like, when you move it, how much force it takes for it to like continue moving, which ends up making the phone feel lighter by 14 to 15%. Okay. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? It is crazy. You are right. It is crazy. And now theoretically, I'm picturing a phone that is that you could drop out of a spaceship by mistake and it would probably survive the re-entry process, or at least the outside of it would. Actually, I did see someone take the Pro Max on like YouTube and they put their thumbs on the back and like lightly tried to flex it, you know, like bend it as a stress yeah. test. And the back just completely snapped. Like huh. the, the glass shattered instantly. So, so, it's like, right, my bones are super strong, but everything else on the bones is absolute garbage. So I'll die, but my skeleton will live <laughs> on. For, okay, okay, okay. 
But also, hang on a sec. Did you just call it the Pro Max? Uh, so that happened to the Pro Max, and then there's the Pro, which is smaller, which didn't didn't have the same problem. But look, that was just one phone. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a freak of nature. But yeah, because it's bigger, there's more space to flex. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's the question. Should I take my completely busted iPhone, which, as you can attest to, Sometimes just my voice doesn't come through. But would you recommend getting this iPhone or waiting for one which maybe has a little more robustness or something? Like, is this the phone to get for me? Either you want to get the 13 or you want to get the 15. So the 13, uh, look, I didn't use the 12, so I can't quite comment on that. The 11 was great, but I think it's a little bit too old now. I sort of also feel the same way about the 12. But the 13 is going to now come in at a really good price point. And the difference between the 13 and 14 really was quite minimal. The main change was going to that dynamic island, which is where it covers the camera. It's like it floats now instead of being a notch. That's oh. the main difference. Um, there, there, look, obviously, there were other differences as well, but none that functionally you're really, really going to feel. And even going from the 14 to the 15, the main difference that I feel is that slightly lighter, you know, weight or feel in hand. And also the USB-C charging, which is actually kind of annoying because I've got some really nice lightning cables that I now can't use. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the the 14 isn't necessarily the one to go for. So if you want to save money, get the 13 Pro in my opinion, if you want the latest and the best and the thing that's maybe going to have a bit more longevity because of that USB-C connection, I would say go for the 15. Okay, so the 15 is a maybe and a phone I could drop out of a spaceship. And speaking of spaceships, I have a story here from Starfield, from the world of Starfield, which is the new... Oh God, this game is exhausting. So in case you've been living under a rock, it's the new Bethesda game. It's an open world-ish game set in space. And a guy on Reddit has figured out something incredible. So... In Bethesda games, Rad, as you know, the AI is not particularly great. It is sort of this weird jury-rigged system that kind of works and kind of doesn't because they vastly overcommit. They just cram too many systems into this weird world and let things bounce off each other. But in space combat, ships, this guy has figured out, only target your midpoint. So enemy ships are all programmed to target the midpoint of the ship. And because there is a custom shipbuilding part of the game, this guy figured out that all you have to do is build a ship that takes the farthest point of distance between the different axes so you pretty much build like like a, a like a ho- yeah like a donut or oh. yeah like another like a donut or a big L or something like that so the enemy ships just shoot into the space that isn't there and you could just <laughs> cruise <laughs> i mean look I don't want to dump on this game too much, but I kind of do a little bit because people excuse the bugs in Bethesda games as if they're a cute, charming feature. But this isn't a Tommy Wiseau film. This is a triple A (laughs) game. They've still got things in there that are sort of leftover bugs from previous games. Like you can take a garbage can and put it over the head of a shopkeeper and then rob them blind. And because the shopkeeper can't see you, they let you get away with it. I think that's a feature. Do you? 
I don't think that's a bug. I think that's a feature. Yes, because that's like a fun, cheeky thing that you can do that fits in with real life in some small way. It, it, <laughs> because I, well, I'm sorry. No, no, no. If a shopkeeper had a bin on their head and they couldn't yeah. see you robbing yeah. and they didn't have the presence of mind to remove the bin, they just stood mm-hmm. there and they were like, why can't I see then you could, in fact, rob them blind. That is factually correct. That makes sense to me. That's fair enough. I, I guess part of my problem is, there. okay, there are counterpoints to that, right, which I think you will agree are actually realistic, right? You can joke all you like about a shopkeeper who lets you place gently place a garbage can over their head and rob them. I'm sure, technically speaking, somewhere there is a shopkeeper who would let you do that. But let's say you're talking to an NPC in, in uh, Starfield. Sometimes if you'd aggroed an enemy monster before the conversation... The game won't pause that combat, so you'll be in a cutscene, oh, yeah. mm. and the enemy runs and just wolves them down. Now, that is accurate. If you start a fight with a dude and then run over and talk to somebody in a shop, the person who you started the fight with is not going to wait for you to finish talking. They're going to, right? They're going to clock you. So, in a way, it's realistic, but there's lots of really great stuff out there, which is really fun. But I feel like I feel like every game they make much like the titanium iPhone burning up on re-entry, <laughs> very few bits of it are actually surviving each successive fall into the Earth's orbit. So, for example, there was a Redditor as well who was posting photos. He was in a space combat situation and blew up a meteor, and there was a big hunk of space rock floating, you know, three meters to the right of his ship. And then he starts realizing that everywhere he travels, that rock is now in the exact same position relative to his position. And then he gets out of his ship And sure enough, it's hovering about three meters up and to the right of his head. So then there's these shots of him getting married to an NPC and there's the rock just sort of (laughs) witnessing the whole thing, perpetually hovering like some granite Tyler Durden. I mean, it's very charming, (laughs) but it seems to me that Starfield is sort of proof that quality and quantity are a really interesting balancing act. And I don't feel like, I guess they made the choice between having a very curated game world with specifically scripted characters and created areas and just going, no, you can have all the game world you want, like a big sandbox. And as a result, it sort of feels hollow. I mean, everything feels very surface level. I have several things to say to this, Paul. Number one, I think I can't believe you're going back for more Coke. Oh, you saw that, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, look, it's not that it's good. It's that I'm a sugar addict and it's extraordinarily sweet. And as the room warms up and as the fans from my PC sort of start to gently boil it, uh, it's getting worse, folks. <laughs> it's really getting demonstrably worse. Okay, <laughs> okay no, Starfield. Uh, so number one, I think that those silly little glitches are mm. part of what make games great. They create your own stories and unique stories that you can tell and show other people, and they're mm. fun. And I'm completely fine with that. It doesn't make the game unplayable. It just makes it janky in an interesting way. You wouldn't enjoy a game if it was just 100% pure. Okay, maybe you would enjoy a game that's 100% pure polish. But it has its own thing. It's its own Jojo Siwa, and I'm into it. I see your point. I'm a, yeah, I, I, no, I see your point. Number two, I agree with you that there's a huge balancing act between quality and quantity. And I think that this was a very, very ambitious game from Bethesda. I mm. kind of think about No Man's Sky, and it's hard not to because they are very similar games in a lot of ways and how upon launch no man's sky seemed to promise the world to not really be able to deliver on it and it took a couple of years and a lot of patches for it to kind of get where people wanted it to go Mm. i not to say that that should be the norm that we should just like wait till it gets patched but i also see a little bit of an argument for 
understanding that perhaps there's enough there now that you can enjoy it and maybe then more will come that it'll be everything that you wanted it to be. However, having Mm. said that and having played some of the game, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say like an hour and a half of the game, oh my God, I feel like I've played this game a hundred times before already. It is No Man's Sky. It is Astroneer. It is shooting things in space with a laser to collect resources, to build stuff and travel around. Like I... I'm not a space girly to begin with. I don't think this has has it for me. I'm inclined to agree. And the sad thing is somehow they've made, and I'm really sorry to people who like, I'm glad you like the game. Those of you who are screaming at your phones, I, I, I'm glad you like it. But you've also played this game before, not just in terms of what you said, Rad, with the mining resources in space, but this exact plot pretty much. There is even an equivalent of the Dragonborn shouts later in the game. I mean, it's just Skyrim in space. And Skyrim was more fun because... Skyrim had all these different races and monsters. It's Everyone's a miner or an autocrat or a kind of shop teller. It's so... How did you make space boring? I mean, it's... <laughs> yes, yes, it's realistic. I don't play games for realism. I've got enough of that in my real life. So it's not that Starfield is garbage. It's just too mundane. Also, I don't play games for story. So if you're not reeling me in with great gameplay, yeah. then there's no chance because I do not remember anyone's name. I'm aware that there was something in a rock that glowed and I think my life flashed before my eyes. Other than that, I'm not sure what anyone said. I would argue that if a game was well-written enough, you would remember their names. I, I think I lay the blame for that at the, at the writer's feet. No, no, no. Name me a game that you think that I know the story of. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, hmm. Mass Effect? Uh, I played about 60 hours of the first one. I was in space. I think I talked to a jellyfish. Your brain's ability to retain the least important character (laughs) is frankly impressive. Uh, It's actually a skill of mine. So, right. Okay, so you don't retain plot. But do you at least leave the plot that you've forgotten with a vague feeling that maybe you did enjoy it, even though it's gone from your head now? Yes, but it is never the most important thing to me. The gameplay needs to be compelling or else I'm out. Okay. Well, speaking of compelling gameplay, you and I have been playing a bit of Fortnite recently. And in fact, we were playing some last night. And that game has what it insists is a plot. But really, it's just a means of delivering a satisfying gameplay loop. But you have a story that you wanted to talk about, I believe, which is sort of outside the world of the game. I mean, in some ways, it's integral to the game because, like you said, it's compelling gameplay to keep you coming back for more and more and then have you lust after skins so that you'll buy the battle pass so that you can grind out these skins and look moderately cool in comparison to everyone else. But it is a very known fact that uh, Fortnite in-game purchases are the realm of young tweens stealing their parents' credit cards to buy the skins that they so desperately require to look cool in front of their friends. Yes, and uh, thank you for not including me in that list. <laughs> I, have, I have a Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City size Fortnite skin wardrobe. It is a walk-in at this point. Yeah, every time we play, Paul is like, oh, who am I going to be this time? And he goes and he gets his skin. I am literally there in the default skin and I don't care. <laughs> you I do! Could, I could you, not care. No, I don't! Do. 
You, but you would like a skin that speaks to you, right? I, I think I would like there to be a skin that speaks to me more than I actually want a skin. But if you woke up and your account had a bunch of cool skins in it, you'd be momentarily tickled, right? Uh, I think I get the same kind of fulfillment by just looking through the store because that's just looking at the skins and going, oh, what is there? Okay. And sure, then you get the extra joy of being like, I can put that on, but... I don't care if I put it on because once I'm in game, I'm not thinking about it at all. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the, the story actually is that in the US, the Federal Trade Commission has fined Epic Games $275 million for their data collection practices, including that of under 13s without parental consent, mm-hmm. and ordered that they pay Two hundred and forty-five million wow. in refunds to people whose kids made purchases without their knowledge between January twenty seventeen and November twenty eighteen. Why such a specific window? Because I mean, the game is literally this week has turned six. I think why such a narrow band of time? I don't know, Paul. I think <laughs> I think it's basically okay. I think it's probably basically got to do with. Um, whatever policies they had in place at that particular time is going to be my guess because this is something that has come up for Fortnite over and over again. It's a common Mm. complaint and they're constantly kind of changing their policies and practices um, in a little bit of a cat and mouse, I'm sure, of trying to get away with it, essentially. Like still make their money, but not in a way that they're going to get in trouble. That would be my guess, but I don't know that 100% for sure because I didn't read the court documents. I don't do that. I'm not a lawyer. Did you ever steal your parents' credit card to buy anything at any point? Can you relate to these children and their lust for Batman skins? Paul, I think you will find that I'm Asian and I would have been murdered. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't didn't ever... All right, let's forget the credit card part. Did you ever pilfer your parents' money and use it for stuff you weren't meant to? At all. Paul, I think you will find that I'm Asian. <laughs> okay. I would have been murdered. Did you? Uh, I don't... It seems like the kind of thing I might have done. I think I've actually gotten a bit loosey-goosey with that sort of stuff. My moral barometer's gotten a bit greyer as I've gotten older. I was a total goody-two-shoes when I was a kid. I once wagged school um, because it was just desperately eager to get out of there 45 minutes early all my friends ran downhill to kind of just hit time zone and have fun and i went straight home and confessed like i was that scared (laughs) of reprisals so no i don't think i'm the kind of guy who would take my parents credit card and spend it on Fortnite skins but i kind of get the i guess if you because i didn't grow up with a with a smartphone or whatever i didn't grow up with my parents credit card details logged on to anything so i can kind of understand the Temptation. I mean, there's those kids who order like ten thousand USD worth of food from Uber Eats, and there's it's it's a weird new time we live in. But what I will say is that I get the almost primal appeal of Fortnite skins. It is so, it's so Moorish. Fortnite's my crack. I play a lot of <laughs> we, Fortnite. I play a lot of Fortnite. So I guess what I'm saying is I sympathise with these teenagers. Yes, you can sympathise with the teenagers, but. Uh... I think it's a really tricky one because where do you kind of quote unquote put the blame? Like, obviously there's a lot of responsibility on a parent to Mm. be making sure that they're checking up on what their kids are doing, even just their own credit card bill for like financial purposes, just outside of the threat of their child stealing their details. Um, But obviously also kids will be sneaky sometimes and they'll do stuff. So if a company like Epic Games is aware that this is something that is happening very frequently, or even Roblox, they're also um, another developer that 
I, look, I call them developer I, company that have a lot of problems. <laughs> we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. It doesn't matter. That have a lot of problems with this kind of sneaky behavior from kids, then you would hope that they do implement better practices to avoid this and just give a better user experience. But at the same time, this is chump change for Epic. They are a company that is worth probably over $32 billion at this point. And they are owned in part by Tencent. Tencent own 40% of Epic. And that is a company that came very close to being a trillion dollar company. They can probably afford to hook us a few skins for free is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was saying is, I, I can see where your head's at, Paul. I want to get you a skin based on you. I want to get some sort of bespoke skin for you. You know, they've done streamers before. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm hearing. Scan me in, Scotty. Put me in the game. Okay, so I guess there's two takeaways here. One, parents don't let your kids use your credit cards for Fortnite skins. And two, parents don't buy your kids the new Coke Y3000. It tastes like <laughs> crap. That is all the time we have for this week's episode of Game for Anything. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you at the tail end of the week for the main course. See you soon. The main course is a tail. What kind of tail would you not eat? Rat. What are you talking about? If you had to eat a tail. Oh, right. Uh, I guess if I was dying and needed nutrition, something like kangaroo. No, no, no. What kind of tail would you not eat? There's plenty of tails that you would eat. Um, maybe a human who had like a weird chromosome. <gasps> <or something. laughs> 